Welcome to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. I am here with Jake today, and the 49ers just got a an important win, but I don't believe it's a big win. Me and Jake were talking about it a little bit before, and I think that the reason the 49ers just handled the Giants this week really comes down to the fact that they have a much superior coaching staff. Um, Jake, you want to kind of say hello and give a little introduction about why the Niners were just able to easily beat the Giants this weekend? Yeah, what's going on? Happy Victory Monday. Feels good. But uh, I want to kind of peel it back for a second because we were talking before, and I will say, on paper at least, this is probably one of the worst rosters we've fielded. And I can't believe we've been able to steal two wins. Um, but I like like you were saying, I think it speaks to the superiority of coaching um I think Joe Judge and Adam Gase are probably both like f-grade coaches they're not very good and when you look offensively and defensively the last two weeks we have dominated we didn't punt this week um and I mean we've we have very limited uh resources on both sides of the ball but we're getting scary man we're starting to get scary the reinforcements are coming in the coming weeks. And that's a scary thing because if we're blowing teams out this badly with like our, you know, with roster B basically, like 2A pretty much, like that's a scary thing for the teams coming up. Yeah. And you brought up the reinforcements and we'll get into like a few of those guys later because having got these guys coming back is going to be really scary for other teams. Because they're going to have guys that – and I guess you're not really fresh if you're coming off an injury, but you kind of are in a way. But, like, just guys they haven't seen, and they've only seen the 49ers with – I mean, what? They had 11 or 12 starters out, if you count uh, Mosley this week. Like, just completely depleted roster, just easily handling these teams. And I I think a lot of it speaks to how bad the Giants and Jets rosters are. But you also brought up the coaching of the of uh, Adam Gase and Joe Judge. It's funny because this is Joe Judge's first year, right, Jake? Yeah, this is first yeah. season as a head coach. Yeah, and and he's already looked at as like a terrible NFL coach, and and it's kind of weird because they don't have a good roster. But it just seems like the New York teams just have so much scrutiny around them right now, and and rightfully so. They're they have a terrible group of players. Daniel Jones does not look good. He looks awful. Um, and I've said this before. I think Sam Darnold's a much better player. Uh, now, does Sam Darnold perform very well? No. But look what he has around him. Now, at the same time, you could, say, you could say the same thing for Daniel Jones. I just think Darnold looks better as a player. But even if you bring up, like, oh, Darnold's better than Daniel Jones, Darnold threw two pick sixes yesterday. The Niners played them week two, obviously beat them, beat the Giants. These Giants and Jets teams are not very good. They don't have good quarterback play. Their coaching doesn't seem very well or doesn't seem to be doing very good. And you go up against a Niners team who's, yes, they're very depleted by injury, but Shanahan's easily picking this team apart. The 49ers averaged 2.7 yards per carry yesterday, and they're this ultra-powered run offense, which I think it's really overblown, by the way, just because I think that 
they're a very, more of a balanced offense than people give them credit for. But Nick Mullins threw for over 300 yards. He threw for like 340, I think. Um, and he just – he looked good. But it really just comes down to the coaching that even if the Niners don't have their best offense or roster, their offense is still going to click. That's Kyle. And Nick, by the way, Nick Mullins threw for 343. So he looked very good. I want to bring something up real quick. Also, you you talk a lot about the coaching. I was watching the game yesterday and listening to the announcers, and even they admit, you know, there are run plays yesterday that Shanahan's dialing up where the ball carrier isn't even touched, man. Like he's just walking in. And sure, a lot of that has to do with the blocks are setting up right and the Giants just aren't very good. So they're maybe getting fooled by, you know, the play calling. But still, that speaks a lot to not only the execution of the play calling, but the play calling itself. Because you usually don't see a lot of guys in this league getting guys that much space. Yeah, no, and and, um, the play where Ayuk scored, I don't think he was touched at all. Um, oh. Who else scored? McKinnon scored a rush. No, he he caught one, right? No, he he ran I, one I in. He ran one in. Yeah, he ran one in because because uh, Mullins only threw one touchdown. Yeah, so it just seems like it was just like an easy win. Like they went out there and like, yep, we're gonna beat this team. Even early, it was like sixteen to nine or thirteen. It was thirteen to six, and then sixteen to nine, and it was just like the Giants don't really have a chance. Like unless unless Nick Mullins just started throwing a whole bunch of picks and stuff, like I don't know. But but at the end of the day, I don't think these wins mean very much. I think they just kind of reinforce what a lot of 49ers felt as don't count the 49ers out. Like they're a very good team still. And you can see that because they're able to win with twelve starters out. Like this team is going to be so much better moving forward. Who are the guys that are really going to be out for super long durations? It's Nick Bosa, he's done. D Ford. Seems like he's going to be done. And Jalen Hurd, who never even played this year. Like, those are the three guys. Solomon Solomon Thomas as well, but it seems like Solomon Thomas was going to fall out of the depth chart anyways. When guys Pretty much a non-factor at this point, yeah. Yeah, and and I hope all those guys get better. But, like, guys like Ronald Blair, he comes back like week seven or eight, I think. Um, He was on the pup list. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple guys like that. Like, I think Richie James too. But, like, no one – besides Ronald Blair, who gets back a little bit later, everyone else is coming back in a couple weeks. So this team is going to be a force. And thank God that the schedule came out and the Niners got so lucky that these injuries happened at this time because it would be brutal for them to go up against – I mean, we brought up the schedule going forward, and it gets really tough after the next couple of weeks. And I, I'm not going to like go through it all, but like it's going to get really tough in the middle and second ha- and end of the year. Like that's going to be a brutal time. Um, but the Niners are going to—I think they're going to start out probably four, four and one, and they might end up starting five and one. Their next three games: Eagles, Dolphins, Rams. I think they should beat all of those teams if Jimmy's back. And and I do want to say some one thing: Nick Mullins is should not be considered to be a starter over Jimmy. I don't think the 49ers organization is thinking anything like that. But you hear people on Twitter and fans talk about, like, oh, look at Nick. Like, he did, he just carved up a terrible Giants team. <laughs> he, yeah. he wasn't, like, super impressive. But he was in the <clears throat> sense that he's a backup quarterback, came in, and he did exactly what was asked of him. 
You know, like he did his job, but he is not a, he is not the Niners starting quarterback, nor should he ever be. No, nah, this this is not a quarterback controversy. You know, I mean, I look, I know I said on the last episode, oh, you know, he would have to come out and throw for, you know, three, 400 yards. And look, he did do that in the first game, but one touchdown. I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're not really trying to trust him. Even, I mean, look, we were rushing, we were running for 2.6 yards a carry, I think you said, and Shanahan was still rushing the hell out of the ball. So like, like I, there's just not a lot of trust or as much as there is with Jimmy there. Um, but uh, to your point, I think, uh, you know, it is important that we're getting these guys back. And I actually like the fact that um, Shanahan isn't going to play most likely Debo this week coming off IR because you look at the gauntlet of games. Um, just for everyone who's listening, in the next like seven or eight weeks, we're facing three teams so far that are undefeated. And we're facing two or three other teams who are two and one. So we do not have a slouch schedule the rest of the way, which is why it's number one, encouraging to see the team play so much better. Um, But number two, it's very nice to see that we're getting these reinforcements. And I like that Shanahan is giving these guys extra time because he knows Hey, look, this part of the schedule isn't very like dire. You know, I, I can I can beat these guys off of my coaching alone, but down the stretch, you know, Shanahan can't really out coach some of these teams. Like McVeigh's a good play caller. Pete Carroll is, you know, a great uh coach. Uh Belichick, um, Sean Payton. You could say what you will about Matt LaFleur, but so far he's like 15 and 3 as a head coach. So you know, there are going to be some games down the stretch. He's not going to be able to outcoach those guys. So resting his starters is so important. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it seems like Debo's going to be the only guy that doesn't play. It does seem like Kittle and Jimmy are both going to be back. And Jimmy's going to help a lot, having Jimmy back there, because it's not going to be playing the Giants, not going to be playing the Jets. And Jimmy's a very good player. He's a much better player than Nick Mullins. And the the big thing I want to talk about in this episode, and this is where we can just kind of hit this segment hard, Jake. Debo, George, ugh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk are going to be matchup nightmares, and they are going to let this passing offense just eat. Last, like, so you look at like, okay, the the Forty Nine ers averaged two point seven yards per carry. There's a stat, and I think it's like they average like two extra yards when George Kittle's in the game. That's just going to help the running game. The other thing is teams are stacking the box against them. Like the Giants, the Giants are like, all right, Nick Mullins, you have to beat us because they realize that if they just let the Niners run all over them, they are going to run all over them. And that's why you see Nick Mullins have 343 yards because it's it's just wasn't that hard of a day for him. you know. Like, And you see the passes like – it, he he hit a couple impressive passes. I know he hit was it Jordan Reed over the middle on one, and he had a couple nice plays. He definitely did. But this team is known to be a running offense and all all that stuff. Well, I think that we're going to see them really turn into 
more of a balanced, and honestly, maybe even more of a passing offense because Brandon Ayuk looked really good yesterday. He is he is a Debo Samuel type player when you when you talk about the like the yards after the catch and like how he can create extra yards on his own and all that. But he does it in a very different way than Debo does because he's not that physical like runner. He's very elusive. He's very quick. Where Debo Debo is those things, but Debo also runs people over. And then you have George Kittle just killing him in the middle of the field. Those guys, if they get in the open space, Debo, Kittle, and IU can take it to the house on any given play. You saw that Alvin Kamara run the other day or yesterday, where yeah. and and you watched it where he just looks like he like waltzes into the end zone like no problem. There's so many plays last year where Debo and Kittle are just going in like that. The the Debo play against Seattle where he spins where he puts a spin on the sideline like that type of stuff. It's three players that are just absolute playmakers. And it's going to be really hard for other teams to compete with that. The 49ers are going to have one of the very best passing offenses in the NFL moving forward. Yeah. And so we're talking about they're three of the same player types, but they're three different players. And I mean that in the fact that they are all unique. They do the same thing, but they do it in different ways. So Kittle is this, you know, big target. He's physical. He'll play through, you know, any injury. He, he's just a football guy, man. I mean, he is your Gronkowski. Uh, you know, he, he's just like, he's just a lovable, reliable receiver who gets it done. But now you have two guys now on the outside who Debo is like a running back when he gets the football, but he's a wide receiver. Like he's got sure hands, but he's going to run you over. He can invite contact, but he can also juke you out. And then you look at a guy like Brandon Ayuk. He's really not as physical. He's not going to bowl you over, but he's elusive. He gets into open space. He finds the seams in, in the defense that are wide open. Um, you know, and, and even when tacklers try and wrap him up, he's just hard to tackle. And so, now you have three guys who are just yards after catch monsters, man. And if you get all three of them on the field at the same time, that is dangerous. The play action offense is going to just be killing teams because it's going to be like, oh. And Raheem Moster, before he got hurt, was looking so good. Like he looked like a very improved player using the passing game more. Um, Jet McKinnon is super big for the passing game. And I brought that up with you, Jake. He's a great pass blocker. He had a really, really good block yesterday where a defensive – I think it was a linebacker came in on a blitz, and he picked him up, and they converted the, the, first, they converted the play for a first down because of Jet McKinnon. And he's, a, and he's obviously the best receiving running back on that team. Like, he's very, very good at it. Um, so they have him now. That, that's a big plus. That's that safety valve guy. I talked about that a lot before. But if you just bring up Debo Kittle, Ayuk. Those guys, they're yak monsters. Ayuk's going to be that guy. We saw him. Did he get three of the jet sweeps? Yeah. Because the first two were like right at the beginning of the game, and then he got the one for the touchdown, right? Yep. Yeah. That's what Debo's used for. I don't know what you do. Like The Niners can go – the Niners can line up and put Debo and Ayuk in the backfield next to Jimmy, and teams are going to be lost. They're going to start doing some weird stuff moving forward. And it's going to be – it's going to that, – that's why I believe in this team still. Because most teams, you lose a Nick Bosa, and it's like the season is done. 
the 40, it's not like the 49ers are just this defensive team. I've said, like, I think their offense will get better. I think it's going to get better this year. They've had one half of George Kittle healthy, and he did really good that half. I think he had, like, 50, he had, like, 60 yards. He, he did well. And Ayuk wasn't – I mean, he's kind of getting it back into it, but they basically had this game of Ayuk. So they've had – and you could say two games with Ayuk. So they've only had one of those three guys on the field for like, like for one, at a time, one of them. They're going to add – this week they're going to add Kittle probably, and then the next week they're going to add Debo. And when they start doing that, it's going to be like, okay, what, what do we do? Like, we can't stop these guys. There's, there's guys running open. And then you bring up guys like Kendrick Bourne, Muhammad Sanu. Those guys are just going to have simple routes, and they're going to be wide open because all of the, all of the defensive mo- – like all the players on defense are just going to be re- looking at, okay, where are these three guys? We have to follow these – we have to watch these three guys, and we have to handle this run game. That's why like the Sanu signing and like – that's why it was such a big deal. Like, okay, how are Dante Pettis and Trent Taylor going to look? And they looked bad <laughs> because yeah. if those guys can be those complimentary pieces, it's such a big deal. So Sanu, if he can do that, that's really good. Kendrick Bourne has shown that he is a very, very good complimentary piece. Um, Jeff McKinnon looks like a great player. Jordan Reed, he got banged up yesterday. Don't know the severity of that. Didn't, didn't look that good. Looked, looked a little scared, and we can thank the MetLife turf for that one. But he's looked like a hell of a player. Ross Dwelly? Ross Dwelly's a solid tight end. Like, all these guys, like – they're going to have such – so much pressure is going to be off of them because last year it was like Debo in the second half, Debo and Sanders, and then obviously Kittle dominated all last year. But three of those guys that are just yak monsters, like good luck for the rest of the NFL on defense because you're going to get exposed. Like you're bad players. We see the Niners, how they pick on Blake Martinez, and they played him yesterday. They are going to expose guys like that. When the 49ers play the Saints – Malcolm Jenkins is going to get lit up all game. Like that's what's going to happen because they don't have guys like teams don't have three guys to guard these hybrid type players that are just crazy. You know, they're just different, different types of athletes. Yeah. And it's funny you bring up the saints because the 49ers offense reminds me a lot of you go back to Kyle's year. What was it? 2016, uh, the Falcons, and then uh, I think really like the 2017 Saints when they had Ingram and Kamara. It, this offense really reminds me of those teams because the offense is very dominated in or uh, very dominant. And sometimes the best uh, defense is an even better offense. Like just controlling time of possession and just knowing like, hey, you know what? Like you can score on us. We're going to go back down and do the same thing. So like having that level of offense, like even last night with the uh, Saints game, the Saints, like their defense is not good and really neither is the Packers, but it's like, they're just kind of like, dude, who cares? We're just going to go down there and score again, like watch. And that's the kind of like football they played. And while I hate to say that's how it feels this year for us, it does feel that way because you've lost a ton of big pieces on defense so you kind of are forced into a position where you do have to play that way a little bit. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um, because uh, Jimmy in a lot of ways, and this is going to be a hot take, is kind of similar to Drew Brees right now in his career. 
Um, you know, Jimmy's not really throwing the deep ball. He's not really passing outside the numbers. But if guys are open, he's finding the open guy, and he's willing to take checkdowns to get guys five or six yards. And sometimes that's all you need because those checkdowns, eventually you're going to bomb one 30 or 40 yards down the field because it's inevitable once or twice in a game. Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, the guys that we were talking about, maybe even Bourne or Sanu, those guys are going to get open. I mean, we saw um, Jet McKinnon yesterday get open deep down the field. I think Mullins hit him like on the goal line or something. Oh, I'm, he ran a wheel route and he's I think open. So, yeah. and, then, and Mullins gives him a decent ball, not like the best one, but like he kind of adjusts and goes down like the four yard line, yeah. I think. I think and, he, he scored after that, I believe. Yeah, and so like – there's just so many weapons on this team where who are you going to account for? Cause you've got to pick someone. And I do feel like that someone is going to be Kittle, which I am totally fine with Kittle's proven that he is way more useful than just as a, you know, a, a passing weapon. But yeah, man, this, this offense, I, I would not be surprised if this is a top five offense, possibly even top two in the NFL by the end of the season. Yeah, no, I, and I think so. I think that's very, very accurate. And, and we're talking about the passing game, and I brought up really briefly, like, George Kittle being back, his run-blocking ability, all that, him and Kyle Juszczyk, that's going to help a ton. Um, that Their running game is going to still be sound. Like, it, that shouldn't that shouldn't really skip a beat. Like, this week, I think, was more of the fact George Kittle's not there. Nick Mullins is starting, like, and so you're not going to have, you know, 2.7 yards per carry. Still didn't punt the ball. <laughs> And, and that's the thing. And like, so just real quick before we kind of wrap it up, cause I don't want to have a super long show today, but the, the NFC seems pretty open. And I would say as a, as a 49ers fan, the saints don't look very good. You brought up Drew Brees and Jimmy. Here's the difference between Drew Brees and Jimmy right now. Jimmy can move a hell of a lot better than Drew Brees. Drew Brees might be a much smarter player. I completely recognize that. And that can be the difference. That can make Drew Brees better. I don't know if it does anymore because Drew Brees can't drive the ball down the field. He doesn't. Look at their offense. Alvin Kamara had 13 receptions yesterday. And, and I'm watching the game, and Drew Brees, he's going back, if you can see me right now. He's looking up. He's looking all the way down the field, and he just goes, nope, check down. Every single time. And that can be because Michael Thomas isn't there. It definitely can but it just seems like they can't drive the ball. And you watch him and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a lot better player right now than Drew Brees. And that is very evident if you just watch, if you just watch their game, just, okay, well, what is Drew Brees actually doing? Like, yeah, I'm sure his box score looked fantastic yesterday. I'm sure he probably threw for, what, like 300 yards, a few touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara caught two touchdowns, so I bet he threw for like three touchdowns. I'm sure he looked really good. But you watch and you go, what is he doing? Oh, it's not him doing it. It's literally all Alvin Kamara. <laughs> and he's, he's running down the field, breaking like six tackles on a 50-yard touchdown reception, which was a little dump-off pass that he, could, and he should have lost like three yards on. Like he gets stuffed at the beginning, he gets out of it, and then he pops, bounces around the sideline, scores a touchdown with ease, it looked like. I don't know. Like if Drew Brees – if Niners are playing Drew Brees, they're going to be like, okay – well, look, we have Fred Warner. We got this great linebacking core. Like, we have very athletic players. We have Kwaski Tar, all these guys. Like, they have very athletic guys that can guard different players. Like, the Saints, not that scary. The Niners can beat the Saints. They're 1-2. and two, and, that, and that's one of those teams that's coming up. You brought up, like, all the 3-0 and oh and 2-1. And, and there's also the Saints because they're 1-2. and two. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, but, but, 
but in the NFC, real quick, in the NFC, the two teams I think that you can say like, oh, that's the teams that are like scary. That those are the teams I think that are better than the Niners or whatever. It's gonna be the Packers and the Seahawks. And last year, I thought the Niners really outplayed the Seahawks, and I know that the games were really close. And that's the Russell Wilson effect. He's gonna be tough. He's gonna be very tough to beat. And so I think they have the best chance to beat the Niners. And the Packers, the Packers look absolutely fantastic. But it's really hard for me to go, oh, yeah, the Packers are better than the Niners. When last season, probably the two biggest blowout games I watched all year long were both of the Niners-Packers games. Because the the game was over about five minutes into it when you realize, oh, Aaron Rodgers can't do anything because he has pressure all on his face. That's going to be the difference this year. But the other part of it was the Packers literally can do nothing to stop the Niners' run game. Nothing at all. The Niners are running down their throat. Like, that doesn't – like. And so I don't know. I just think that it's it's hard to say, oh, the Packers are better than the Niners, even with Bosa gone, because we have not seen that yet. That game's going to be really telling. It's going to show a lot. And the Seahawks games, I think I think that's what it comes down to. Can the Niners get past the Seahawks? Because it seems like every year that, that the Niners are good, the Seahawks and the Niners are both the, like the two best teams. And I think that we're going to see that again this year. I just look at the NFC – and I don't see teams separating themselves. And I think that's a really good thing for San Francisco because the Lions beat the Cardinals yesterday. Like, they proved, okay, you're not going to stop Kyler Murray, but you can contain this guy. You know, you can play good enough to beat him. That's proven. Because the Lions are a pretty bad defense. Like, there's a reason Darius Slay wanted out. Uh, and, you know – they're, they're a bad defense. Like, there's a reason Matt Patricia is almost, like, fired. He's on the hot seat. Um, so, I don't think I've seen enough from them yet to be like, hey, well, they're better. The Rams, sure, they almost came back on Buffalo yesterday. Again, you and me have been saying it. I, I don't believe in them going down the stretch. Um, and then the Seahawks and Packers. The Seahawks are legit, um, and I hate to admit that because they do not have a very good roster. But the prob- they have a bad roster. <laughs> yeah, a below average roster. The problem is, as long as they have Russell Wilson, they're going to be ten and six, eleven and five every single year. Like that's just how it goes. They might even be twelve and four. Like they're just good with Russell Wilson and. You know, the, the big storyline is this offseason, Russell Wilson came out and said, you know, uncage me, let me run the offense, and they've done it. And to his credit, they look pretty unstoppable, at least offensively right now. The Saints, um, they're a weird one. If there's no Michael Thomas, it's hard to say, you know, who wins that game. I, I mean, I trust our, our, you know, the Niners to win that game, but we're looking down at week 10. And as far as the Packers, I am in complete, complete uh, agreement with you on that because I can't convince myself the Packers are better than the Niners until I physically see them beat us. I don't care if Aaron Jones runs for 200 yards on us. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers throws for 400 yards on us. If they don't beat us, they're not better than us. Uh, I mean, Moster had what, like two of his best rushing performances ever against both of them he had like near the playoff record (laughs) yeah and and so and and the pressure is still there I mean we're still getting pressure on the quarterback uh and 
again, I think something to keep in mind as we go on through the season, one of the biggest things I keep hearing is how raw Javon Kinlaw is. Well, wait until he starts figuring it out. Wait until he starts figuring out his hand needs to go here and not there, or he needs to, you know, do this move in this situation and not that situation because people are counting out this defensive line without Bosa. I like what I've seen from Hyder. I think that Eric Armstead is at this point in his career, still an elite pass rusher. Um, And the fact that he can kick inside is amazing. You have DJ Jones, who we know is a very good uh, defensive tackle. And we just talked about Kimla. I mean, he's raw, but he's looking great so far. So, I mean, as long as these teams aren't separating themselves from the rest of the pack, I still think the Niners are one of the top three teams in the NFC. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. I think that the Bose injury, I think it hurts a couple of te- like playing a couple of teams a lot. And I think there's just a couple teams that like where it really, really affects them so much. Obviously, not having Bosa is going to be massive. It is super it's a super big deal against the Seahawks, against the Packers, against the Cardinals, against the Ravens and the Chiefs. I think those are those teams where it's just like it's going to be so tough to beat those type of teams. And and that's just why I don't I don't know how like how far the Niners are gonna be able to get just because of that. But the offense is the passing offense is gonna be there. They're gonna win a lot of games. And and so like this doesn't tell us that much, but like you brought the defensive line. Kerry Hyder looks really legit. Javon Kinlaw, you brought up like these raw and stuff. He looked like a he was a monster yesterday. Like they couldn't block him. He was stuffing runs in the backfield and doing a ton of stuff. So, I don't know. I just don't – obviously, the defensive line is taking a big blow. It's going to be tough, and I think that's where it's going to hurt them because last year they were so dominant on the defensive line. But still, the offense is going to be so scary. And that's what – and oddly enough, I think it's going to be the passing offense that wins most of the games this year, that they're the reason. I mean, you could say that they won the game yesterday. I think you could comfortably say, yes, the passing offense won the game. Now – did the 49ers absolutely control the Niner, the Giants offense? Their like the Niners defense did. Yes, it did their they did their job. They allowed nine points. Um, they have two picks, two turnovers. Uh yeah, I believe so. Let me. Yeah. I mean, I could double check. I know that Fred Warner had a pick, and I think they were. I think they recovered a fumble too. Like, yeah, because they they threw like that pitch and it bounced off. Oh that. yeah. And right then, I was like, yeah. okay, this is this is a cake game. <laughs> <laughs> like this team is not good. Um, but. It just seems like the defensive line, it, it, you might see some of their their weaknesses exposed. But at the end of the day, you got to watch out for the Niners' passing attack. It is extremely legit. As we were saying, you know, no one is separating themselves right now. So I, I think as long as we can keep that, you know, the foot on the gas pedal, especially these gimmies, man, you got to win as many of these gimmies as you can because – Look, this team, at worst, is probably a 7-9 and nine team. I do not see them finishing anywhere near that. But again, uh, you know, we have to evaluate best-case scenario, worst-case scenario. I, like I said, at worst, 7-9. and nine, But if you win these cupcake gimme games, I mean, all it takes is a little bit. Now you're starting to get hot, right? You win a couple gimmies, you get some guys back, oh, shoot, we beat the Patriots, oh, shoot, we beat Seattle, and now you're on a roll. 
And that I think is going to be the difference between last year and this year is last year, it was clear and obvious. We were the best team uh, in the NFC. Uh, this year we have competition. It's not going to be as easy for us. We're not going to be steamrolling teams. It's going to be a lot closer, but I'm, I'm up for the challenge. I, I love the fact that, you know, this feels like a team to me that is super, super resilient despite all the injuries they've had, all the setbacks. And I don't know about you, but so far this year, it's felt a lot more rewarding to get some of these wins. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's, I think it's just because it shows like how, how well the 49ers can just handle the adversity. And, and like, it just seems like, I don't know, they, they know how to get wins. They're a great team. If, if there's issues going on, they can figure it out. Um, I, I think that's about a good spot to wrap it up for today. But Niners passing attack, Debo, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Jimmy G, when these guys are all back, it's going to look a lot better, and teams are going to struggle to defend them. So thanks for listening, everybody. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating and review. That is a ton of help. Uh, And thanks so much. Talk to you guys soon.